0: One, two, three, do it. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket, he'll fire to the right
1: side, caught by Diggs, Stay oh my god, lose. oh my god, hey. it
0: 30. no K. touchdown! Oh. Are you kidding me? Finish. It's a minute
1: Right right, all right, all right. We're coming back in for another edition of the Scolders podcast. I'm your host, Ed Broadmarko, with me, as always. Mike Anderson, back from Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Mike? I'm
0: back. Uh, I've got less money than what I went with, so it was a very typical Vegas trip.
1: Well, you're supposed to come back with more. Rarely. That's how it's supposed to go. Yeah, it
0: rarely happens that way. Rarely.
1: Well, you're in control of that, Mike. Why don't you Why don't you
0: win? Well, how am I in control of that?
1: You just win. I, it's it's all attitude. It's like the NFL. It's whoever wants it more. Do you want it more than the, than the casino?
0: Well, uh... Mike? Yeah, it, it didn't go that way.
1: <laughs> well, you know, sometimes that happens, you know, but... Regardless, enough about Vegas, Mike. Except for Vegas odds, which we beat this week. We did. Um... Vikings win against Washington, which we'll get into in just a few moments. But around here, we'd like to do a little look around the league, and then take a look at the North Face, kind of see what our division is facing. Um, so before before long, let's just get into it, you know. Around the league, Mike. Run. Philadelphia beats Buffalo. Yeah. So Philadelphia's back on track. Is, is Buffalo just a product of a relatively weak early schedule? Is that kind of what we're gathering from this, or, or what do we get here, because this wasn't like a close game, like Philadelphia throttled Buffalo.
0: Yeah, I'm not really big on the whole schedule uh, deal, especially this late into a season. Um, you know, when you're eight games in, I think uh, your record's going to be indicative of how strong of a football team you have. So uh, I think it's a nice one for Philadelphia, a team that's really been up and down. They remind me a little bit of our team last year where they're capable of beating anyone on any given Sunday, but at the same time, they're capable of losing to anyone as well. Um, so I, I don't know, I, I'm not a big believer in the Eagles. I think that, you know, overall, when you look at the, uh, NFC East, I, I don't really see a team that's going to come out of there and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And then the same thing, I think Buffalo is, uh, you know, they're, they're having a nice little season It'd be interesting to see if they can actually play this out and get into the playoffs, but, um, sure. I'm not taking too much from this game from either side.
1: I mean, Buffalo's still right in the thick of it. I think technically they uh, they would be fifth seed right now in the playoffs. Um, competition of Houston Texans at five and three, Jacksonville and Tennessee both at four and four, Oakland Raiders still in the hunt at three and four, Chargers still in the hunt at three and five. So kind of the AFC is a little bit, little bit wide open for that wild card slot right now. So kind of just it's going to see what kind of shakes out of that. But yeah, obviously Buffalo along with New England get kind of the benefit of playing the Jets and Miami twice. So. Um, on that note, before we even get into more of the, the AFC East, I wanted to mention this. So I put out a tweet earlier, I think it was last week, um, about strength of division, right? So we always look at the Patriots, we always think, okay, well, they always have a trash division, division, right? That's always the, the, the consensus. It's either one of the teams is, is complete trash and another team is, like, falling over itself. But would it surprise you to tell you that if you aggregated – all the all your division opponents. So in this case, if it was the Patriots, if you aggregated Buffalo Jets and Miami's win loss percentage, would it surprise you that that is not the lowest of any team in the league?
0: Uh no. I guess it wouldn't surprise me.
1: The lowest aggregate division foes record is actually Seattle. Really? They have technically the easiest division. Followed next by the Patriots, of course. But here's where I'm going with this. I went into this kind of analysis, and I know this is way off topic from around the week, but I went into this analysis wanting to prove one thing, that um, the Patriots are only a product of their schedule, or that's that's a huge uh, boost to them is their division being weak. However, they are almost exactly tied with division foe opposing division foe records with Indianapolis, Steelers, Seahawks, and themselves, right? But over that same time span, they have two more full wins than than each of those other teams. And so although they have a weak division, they are still two full games on average per year better than every, than each one of those other teams.
0: And what is the time span you looked at?
1: 17 uh, years, I think it was 17 years. Whenever... They went to thirty two teams. Okay. Here's yep. when I when I uh, stopped to look at. So Interesting. All that all that to say one thing is yes, New England gets the benefit of playing a weak division. But they take full advantage of it and they have just been completely dominant for Almost two decades now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, their, aver- had- their average season is twelve point three
0: wins. Well, I mean, you had a, you had those Jets teams. What back to back years they went to the N NA- or AFC Championship game. You know, you had some decent teams there at times, but uh, right, interesting, huh? Yeah,
1: it was it was an interesting analysis. Um, also, the the worst division in football is the a- uh, NFC West. The second worst, I believe, was the AFC South. So. Both those divisions are absolutely trash. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, San Francisco, man. Yeah. They're rolling. What are they, 7-0 now? Uh, oh, they
0: yeah. They a bye, right? Yeah, they yeah. did have a bye, so, yeah. Uh,
1: this, th- I think this is exactly what we expected on this team, that this was possible coming on San Francisco.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've been hiding them for the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I necessarily expected seven and zero, and I certainly didn't expect fifty-one to thirteen or whatever it was this week against the Carolina team that had won, um, I think four or five in a row. So, uh, yeah, they look like the real deal. I will say, I took a look at their schedule for the remaining eight, and uh, they've got a lot of tests coming up. You know, they've got Green Bay, they've got, I believe, Seattle twice, they've got the Rams. Um, so they're they're going to get tested here down the stretch, and I'm really uh, intrigued to see how they you know finish this season off.
1: Yeah, they're they're definitely on the up and up right now. Obviously, starting out seven, I know you're setting yourself up for a lot of success. Um, but like you said, they got a lot of a test ahead of them, and you know if they can survive those tests, they can come out on top. Yeah, I think they might be the favorites of the NFC.
0: Nah, I'm not going there, but. No? I, I can okay. see it at their undefeated record. I mean, certainly they're they're up there.
1: All right, next one. Houston beats Oakland. Tight tight game. Yeah. Apparently uh, Oakland got kind of screwed on a call, it sounds like, or something like that. Or was that Tennessee? That might have been Tennessee.
0: Uh, well, Tampa got screwed on a... Tampa, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so <laughs> Houston beats Oakland. Man, Deshaun Watson is just absolutely nuts.
0: Yeah. yeah um, like, He's the real deal, and they. I. I don't know if you saw the. Uh, Gruden said it's it's like trying to you know, basically prep for Michael Jordan esque, and uh, there was another you know mainstream media member that I, I believe said you know that there's a chance he might be better than Mahomes. It's just he's not necessarily surrounded with the talent and put into the right system like Mahomes is. So uh, yeah, Watson's the real deal. He's a uh, he's scary good, and you know they're they're one of those teams that. They might not have the flashiest record, but, you know, certainly you don't want to go against them in the playoffs because he's a one-man wrecking crew and, you know, he's got the ability to win a game by himself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, a team traded up in the draft to to the number two overall and picked uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, I just, I couldn't believe that. Oh wait, no, the bears didn't do that. They traded up one spot and they picked Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and um, Patrick Mahomes. Well, we'll get there.
0: Yeah.
1: We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's a real deal. I, I think that this young group of, of quarterbacks is going to be really exciting to watch going forward. Um, as long as Kansas City can manage uh, Mahomes' injury properly um, and protect him from himself, because I know he wants to go right now. Yeah. But you got to keep that guy healthy long-term. And this is not, you know, the Vikings want to play a weaker Kansas City. That's not what this is, because – both you and I want to play best on best, but the NFL is more exciting with a completely healthy Patrick Mahomes. So,
0: yeah, yeah, and Watson included, and uh, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. The young QBs are uh, certainly special to watch. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is that uh, Houston did lose JJ Watt for the year to a torn pec, yep. um, so a, a pretty big loss for them. And uh, you know, we'll see how they're able to rebound. But uh, obviously, you know one of their biggest leaders on the team and you hate to see that he's he's struggled with injuries throughout the career and uh you know what do you do it's a part of the game unfortunately but it seems like he's been uh, a little bit more unlucky than most
1: and you look at that division and and it's pretty tight right now with Colts five and two Texans five and three now Jacksonville and Tennessee both four and four so that division is probably going to come down to the wire and this doesn't help that case at all so um it is what it is I guess um Speaking of relatively young quarterbacks, Tannehill making his it, making his case in Tennessee right now. Um, I think it's second week in a row playing uh, for a bench Mariota. Uh, both weeks it has a pretty strong showing. Um, I didn't see the stat line, but uh, they obviously took the W away from Tampa Bay. So Tannehill make, making the case to, to be the starter in Tennessee long term.
0: Yeah, I think he threw for around 200 and three scores. Uh, they ended up coming back late in that game, and and uh, as we mentioned, there was a, a blown whistle on what would have been a fumble return touchdown, I believe, for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, pretty big loss for Tampa Bay as it moves them to two and five, uh, as opposed to three and four, and and then vice versa. You know, Tennessee uh gets to 500 as opposed to moving to 3 and 5. So um yep. this is a big game. You're going to you're going to run into these games now here over the next couple weeks where uh in reality players fans are really going to get up for it and say hey, we need this one if we're going to kind of get on a roll. Um but yeah, uh going back to what you said, Tanhill did enough to win the game. Uh don't believe he threw an interception. So um you know, I, I think the jury's out there. He's going to be one of those guys. I think that's going to be a bit of a journeyman. Uh, you know, uh, probably have a as long a career as he wants in the NFL, whether it be fighting for starting jobs or, or or backing up here or there. But you know,
1: you know, you know, what kind of reminds me of right now is kind of Matt Castle. Yeah, Matt Castle. You know, comes in from Minnesota, ends up starting a, a little bit there, ends up starting, I think, a full year, I believe. Um, then losing the spot to a drafted quarterback. So. I wouldn't be surprised if Tannehill has a very similar type career where he just kind of hangs out, he's like the backup, guy gets hurt, he can go in there, he can make some good throws, he can make some good decisions. Um, like I said, just going kind to of be a journeyman. And, and I think you're absolutely right. I think his career is going to be as long as he wants it to be, as long as he can play just steady football. You don't need to light up the world um, to make a long career lucrative in the NFL.
0: Right, Yep. I would agree.
1: Um, all right, so Breeze comes back in, replaces our boy Teddy Bridgewater, but he rolls out like he didn't miss a damn game. I mean, he didn't have Kamara, and it didn't matter. Um, it took care of business. So I think if you're a Saints fan, you have to be absolutely ecstatic with what Teddy did while Breeze was out, knowing that if Breeze ends up out again, you have a quality backup that can win you games, and that team is strong enough to get things done without Camaro.
0: Yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of this game. I mean, one thing to keep in mind was that this was a one score game going into the fourth quarter. Um, You know, it was a lot closer than the final score uh, would indicate Arizona took a few chances at points as well. Um, You know, so I I guess credit to Arizona for really, you know, and Kyler um, putting on a little bit of a show. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald almost had a a magical catch. He got one foot in and and just missed the other uh, in the end zone. And, uh, Arizona really gave them a little bit of trouble. Breeze came back, was able to get through it. And then at the end, you know, they got a lot of big plays from the likes of Michael Thomas, Latavius Murray, and were able to pull away with, uh, you know, I think they put up 14 in the fourth quarter there, but, um, yeah, uh, the saints are the real deal. You know, they've, they've gotten better and better week in and week out. I think they probably should have started eight and two, if not for a 58 yard field goal week one against Deshaun Watson. Uh, they would have been staring at zero and two in the face, and and right now they're seven and one, and they look like arguably the best team in the NFC. Um, you know, and and I think that's not necessarily a discredit to San Francisco, Minnesota, uh, who I believe are probably the two other teams that are right up there. Um, they they've proven it before. They've got the veteran experience. They've got the chip on the shoulder. Uh, or two chips, probably on the shoulder coming off the the Minneapolis Miracle and then the no call against the Rams last year. This is a team that's very driven, and if they get home field, uh I, I think for me, they're the team to beat right now in the NFC.
1: All right, so we got to watch out for them going forward and make sure we secure home field advantage. That's all I hear.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be ideal.
1: all right, next next point here. uh yeah, Cleveland Browns are going to Cleveland Brown.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tough when you try to go into uh, into Tom Brady's house and, and win a football game, but uh, certainly Cleveland at 2-5 and five is nowhere near what I think a lot of the expectations uh, that were set for them coming into the year uh, were at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they really need to take a long look in the mirror and, and figure out what's going on. Do they need to get a new coach? Do they... Um,
1: you know, I I don't really know what the issue is.
0: I'm not I'm not uh, tuned in enough to what's going on there. But we know it's not talent. Um, I think there's talent all over the field there. So, uh, what can they do to fix it, and, and how quickly can they fix it?
1: Yeah, I, I think at this point it's not even a, it's not even a this season. Yeah, I don't think you have a chance to do it this season. Um, and I think honestly, just trying to flip around the coach right now is it, just flailing. I I don't know. It's I don't know if Kitchen was the right hire, but I'm, I'm not sold on swapping coaches out this soon um, into his tenure. I don't know. I, I just don't think he's got enough time to actually turn around that corner.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think one thing to keep in mind is that in the AFC, Cleveland is really only two games back in the loss column from that last uh, wild card. So if they were in the NFC, yeah, you're probably writing the season off. Uh, especially with, you know, some of the teams that are that are really up there in, in Minnesota, Green Bay in the same division, Seahawks 49ers, same division. It looks really difficult to get into that wild card, but not the case in the AFC. If they could go on a little bit of a run and win three games in a row, right? you know, they might be right back in the thick of things. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's now or never. I think the Chargers are also in that boat. Uh, you know, it, you got some teams that still have a chance, but they got to figure it out sooner than later.
1: Got to figure it out, and they got to start pouring on wins. Yeah, it's the only way you can get there. Um, all right, Jacoby Brissett. Now, before we start talking about him, because he's doing phenomenally, there was a point in time when Tom Brady, Jacoby Brissett, and Jimmy Garoppolo was on the same team. Yeah, and which is insane to think of. And these are now three of the top quarterbacks in the league.
0: Yeah, they're I think combined they're uh, twenty and two. I read this year. Yep. Um, yeah, I w- I got a chance to watch the end of that game. Uh, Brissette made an unbelievable move to get away from Von Miller. Completed, I think, like a 50 yard pass, 40, 50 yard pass to T.Y. Hilton on the sideline. Uh, come in, Vinatieri who had missed an extra point, missed a short field goal, nails a 51 yarder, dead center. Um, they're calling them the Cardiac Colts, and, uh, you know, as we mentioned, podcast after podcast, you and I really like the Colts this year with Andrew Luck, and uh, you know we didn't really drop off. And when when Brissette took over, I think there's still a lot of talent there. They're continuing to get better, and uh, they might be a dangerous team in the AFC. So something to keep yeah. an eye on.
1: I mean, I think definitely they they were a stronger team with Luck at the helm. I mean, I don't think that's that's a stretch. But the drop off hasn't been much. Maybe there's an extra win in there. At most, but I mean this this is gonna be a team that you're gonna want to pay attention to, yeah, um and it looks to be it's gonna be a two team fight between the AFC South at this point, I think,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't think
1: the other two teams can really keep up,
0: yeah, we'll see, but um i I would agree with you there,
1: all right, last point on over on the league um yeah, Flacco looks to be angry and apparently he's hurt, so he's not gonna be playing for at least the next week or two yeah
0: so. he's, he's hurt, huh. Uh, well, okay,
1: okay. I, I did, I did see that. I see people like having I mean, the conspiracy theories on that. I don't really buy into that because I don't think Flacco would go along with a fake injury.
0: I don't know. I mean, so <sighs> yeah, I, his,
1: his his neck was being worked on on the sidelines during the game.
0: Well, I don't know. He he finished the game. He did take a big hit on the very final play of the game. Uh, but I think he came out and, and, and said what a lot of fans think at at times, right? Regardless, not necessarily just Denver, but uh, there are times when it's like, what are you doing? Play to win the game. Um, and I think
1: Rick, you're you're a two and five team. Yeah, at that point, your best is eleven and five. What are you doing? Not going for it on fourth and one? That's just I don't understand that at all. But
0: I, I think even more than that, you look at Kansas City last night. If you watched the Green Bay Kansas City game, and they had the ball around midfield with a fourth and uh, fourth and one, fourth and two. And also hated
1: that call too. You, you,
0: like you got to go for it there. You, you, you punt the ball away and I, you know, I looked at my wife and I'm like, they're not going to get the ball back. Watch that. Rodgers is too good in these situations. Yeah. They're not going to get the ball back. Yeah. And they didn't. You know, it, it you can't play I don't know. I I just feel like at times you got to take a chance to try to play to win the game and not yeah, not they, lose it.
1: Right. And they played scared and, and that's it's just it, it's frustrating because you know the math on those situations. Fourth and one, you have about a two thirds clip to get that. In general, that's what you have. That's that's what it is. That's the averages of it. So you're either giving yourself a two thirds chance to continue your drive and potentially win, or you're you're taking it away and saying, okay, we're going to give you all the chances, and now it's all in in green base hand. And with the defense they have, I don't I don't understand how you do that. I don't understand how you make that call. Right. The defense didn't prove that they could stop them at all. I don't. I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Side note on this punting topic there was a video I saw over the weekend. Spoiler, it's 53 minutes, okay? But what I was doing is trying to find the saddest punt that has ever happened out of 36,000 punts. Okay. So basically, what this guy did is he. Uh, what is it? Uh, John something or another from SB Nation. He took uh, every punt and he scored it. So. If it, depending upon the situation, so if it was like 4th and 18, that would be a, a low score. If it's 4th and 1, though, that's a very high score for Saddest Punt Index, right? Um, where you're out in the field. If it's like you're 20, it's, you know, it's a 1. If it's the opposing team's 40, it's like a 400. Yeah, yeah, all these things. Different um, time scenarios. If you're like late in the fourth quarter, if you're behind, what have you. Um, and 4th and 1 punts are... are like, almost every single punt on this list, the top ten was a fourth and one punt. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to know the the worst punt ever, you know, tune out now. But the worst punt ever. Guess who performed the worst punt ever, Mike?
0: The worst punt ever?
1: Yep. Guess which team?
0: Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Yep. <laughs> God.
1: It was a Childress game. I think it was, like, on the opposing team's, like, 40 or something like that. And it was fourth and one. And we punted. We still won the game, but the status punt belongs to Minnesota.
0: Very nice. Very
1: nice. So, we got that in our cap. Um, anything else around the week here before we get into the North Face?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so.
1: All right. The North Face. Detroit edges the Giants. Uh, Detroit, this has been an, an enigma for me. Um Because I'm still relatively high in Detroit. I think they have a lot of talent. I'm just, I'm not sold that they're putting it all together at the right times. Um, So I don't know. What are we thinking of Detroit? Are they what we thought they were at the beginning of the season?
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, I think there's. uh, You know, they got unlucky a little bit against Green Bay. Certainly, Uh, nice win this week. Um, I, I think they're still a better team than most people thought, which is really what we came into it with. Um, they look like they're a better team than Chicago. And Green Bay has been on the right side of the coin uh, a few times, unfortunately, and, and Detroit's on the wrong side. Um, they're very close to being second place in this division. So I, I still think Detroit's a, a, a decent squad. But unfortunately for them, uh they really need to finish the season strong, right? They especially in the NFC, they're they're in a really difficult spot right now. Um, not to say that they're not a good team. They've they've also made some Maybe questionable moves, uh, personnel moves. They lost Carryon Johnson, which isn't anything that they did, but they lose their uh, stud rookie running back for the year. They trade away one of their corners, which then upsets Slay. Now they're talking about trading Slay. Um, so there's, yeah, there's I, a little bit of confusion there going on.
1: I, I didn't really understand the Diggs thing. It's not like they even got anything good good in return. It's just it felt like they were just dumping the player because he was a problem or it didn't fit their culture. So I, I don't understand.
0: Right. Yeah, I I didn't get it either.
1: I'm not going to complain if they trade away big play Slay. I don't care because it's just going to make our life easier as Vikings fans. But I just I don't get it from the aspect of culture they're trying to build. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, um, you know, certainly I I agree with you on that one. Uh, It's like they had all this hype, all this hype, all this hype. They lose one game. You know, they lose to Green Bay in a game that they should have won if the officials don't make two horrible calls. Uh, and they treat it as if the season's over, let's trade away a guy, let's upset the team, let's upset the chemistry. Um, right. I don't know. It, it didn't make sense to me. I think that uh, fans can be rightfully upset over uh, over some of the decisions that have been made.
1: I mean, if you really want to get argue, argue a little... <laughs> argumentative about it i mean they're 3-3-1 three, three and one in the in the north which means they have to at least match wins right now they're three wins back from minnesota they're four wins back from green bay i mean that isn't over no you could easily go on a run and you know so one of these teams rogers could get injured and you're right there so i i don't know it's it's confounding yeah Yep. So Detroit's gonna Detroit until proven otherwise, I guess. Um so if there's nothing else on Detroit, we'll just move on to the next uh the next laughing stock of the division. Yeah. Alright, Chicago.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Missed another field goal. Did, did they have a doink in this game too, or was that last game?
0: Uh no, that was this game. It was that game. <laughs> so
1: they had a doink, and then they, they missed the last second field goal to lose the Chargers. Yeah, um, which didn't really makes it so they kneeled it down instead of trying to get more yardage for the kick. I don't, I don't get that. You still have a timeout. You run the ball like. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. You're, like you're already sacrificing two yards to do the kneel down.
0: Yeah, I mean for me, I guess part of that, I don't know. That's not the biggest deal to me, right? At the end of the day, it's a 41 yard kick. You got to make that to win the game. Um, but it's very clear they don't trust trubisky. um I'm not sure they trust necessarily the offense entirely uh because you're right if you can get that to you know 37, 35 whatever um it's a little bit easier, a little bit more manageable, but at the end of the day I think it was a 41 yarder that he missed. Uh, just barely missed it, but um you know, when you look at the NFC, especially the NFC North, uh, I think that probably that's really going to be make it difficult for them uh, when you look at the season as a whole.
1: Yeah, they're three and four, and it's that's a huge mountain to climb, especially in this division right now with uh, um, the Vikings and and the Packers playing as well as they are. Not to mention some of the other teams in the NFC, like you mentioned, the the wild card race is going to be tight. And right now, they would have to go on an unbelievable stretch and get some help to get there. I think. Um, right. Yep. One thought I keep on having with all these offensive struggles with Chicago. You know, Matt Nagy's got his play card that says be you. I think you should change that to be less you because him is not working right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, and you hear, you know, Nagy's the guy and he makes all the right decisions and he's really smart and, um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to make a judgment call necessarily on him after, you know, a couple tough losses, but... Uh, I think the answer is they need to get rid of Trubisky. I, I was talking to a guy today at work and I said, Can you imagine Teddy Bridgewater on this team? Um, you know, it's a perfect fit in my mind because, uh, you know, you, Bridgewater's, I don't want to say certainly not a game manager because you look and he comes in and goes four or five and all with a very prolific offense with Michael Thomas and the Saints. Um, but he could come in, he's got some weapons at receiver in Chicago, you've got some young running backs, and you combine it with that elite defense, I mean, it's almost right. like the Vikings team that he was, he was, uh, on before, and I, I just think, Teddy's gonna go somewhere, most likely, right, and, and that seems like a great fit.
1: Well, you know, Teddy doesn't have to go anywhere, though, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays with New Orleans, um,
0: well, I, 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 there's no Breeze not gonna is, play forever, but yeah, but if Breeze is gonna play another year, Teddy's not staying there. I know they gave him seven and a half, whatever this year, but with the five game stretch he had, he's gonna get an yeah. offer to be to be a starter somewhere. So
1: yeah, I guess I put him in between a game manager and and like a prolific quarterback because, I mean, he makes really smart decisions, so he's never gonna actively lose you a game. But he's not always going to be capable of winning you a game.
0: Well, I mean, listen, we saw him throw for what? It was over 350 and four, I think, the one yeah. game, wasn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah he's, he's got the ability to do everything, a little bit of everything. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be top of the list. I don't want to see it because I think it makes Chicago a much better team. Um, but I think that at this point you can probably write Chicago off.
1: Here's the scary thing. So imagine if Chicago actually makes the right choice at quarterback. Imagine Chicago's defense with Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. Imagine that team.
0: Yeah. No. Can
1: I, I want you to imagine how dominant that team would be in this league
0: right now. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That would be absolutely insane. So we dodged a bullet there. Uh, we've been through this with Ponder. This is why like every time I, I, I saw someone defending Trubisky last year, I'm like, been there. Already been through this. Seen this yeah. whole thing with Ponder. We said, in not buy a jersey," though, right, Mike?
0: That's right. That's
1: right. <laughs> All right. So, Bears of the Bears, that is what it is. Um, Green Bay takes down the Mahomes-less Chiefs. Yeah. I don't know. It's this game made me feel really good about the Vikings going in there and playing them, even with Mahomes.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, for me. I thought. Listen, I thought Matt Moore looked good. I think he did everything yeah. they asked of him. Um, once,
1: once he settled in, I think he got uh, got much better with the offense. Yeah,
0: I think that Andy Reid made a couple of costly mistakes. Uh, you know, I believe they missed the field goal. Granted, it was a longer one, um, and you know, I would agree with you that I I don't think Green Bay is, is of any concern, but. At this point, they're, they're seven and one. No, six six or seven and one. Um, they even though I might not think that they're as good a team as their record would indicate. At some point, they're doing enough to win football games, and we get to a point in the season where all right, it doesn't really matter what I think. If all of a sudden they're ten and two, ten and one, um, it's a problem for the Vikings. So. Uh, you know their schedule down the stretch. I think they've got five of their last eight on the road. Uh, they do have a couple teams that you know will be tough, but listen, Minnesota's margin of error for that division is going to be relatively slim. And I know most of us think that a key to success, we've seen us at home, 4-0, double-digit wins in every game, uh, would love to be hosting playoff games here. And and the reality is that if you want that to happen, Vikings need to maintain the high level of play that they're doing Mm -hmm. right now. So um, I will say that with Mahomes, if he is back this week, I think it's a completely different team. I think it does drastically change the Chiefs. Um, so I guess in a way I disagree with you there, um, but certainly if it's if it's Matt Moore, uh, I think it's a great opportunity for the Vikings to go on the road and get and get a big win.
1: Well, here's the reason why I say that because we've seen two teams that have slowed down the Chiefs enough to allow their team's offense to get it done, and I think the Vikings' defense is better than both those teams that have done it prior to Mahomes being injured. Right. So there, to me, there is no reason why. Um, even if Mahomes plays, that Zimmer doesn't shut him down to the tune of less than 20 points. Sure. And that Chiefs defense is way soft. Like, you saw what Aaron Jones did, okay? Delvin Cook is better than Aaron Jones in almost every aspect of his game. Delvin Cook should absolutely feast. And when Delvin Cook isn't feasting, Diggs and Thielen are going to absolutely feast. This, yeah. this game, it should be a 30-plus a point affair for Kirk Cousins and company. It should be.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to get to that. Um, you know, I, I think obviously Aaron Aaron Jones had a big game. Some of that came on some very big plays. Uh, you know, I think on the ground he only ran for maybe 53 or so. Um or 50, 50 something, I thought I saw. But uh yeah, I, I just I think Kansas City is an entirely different team with Mahomes. I think the mentality is different, I think the crowd is different. Um so I, I think that's the biggest uh kind of X factor coming into this game is the health of Mahomes. And it, it sounds like if you believe the, the Ian Rappaport, uh, you know, and, and others that it's unlikely he will play this week and he will probably be back the following week, but you also have to look at Green Bay, I believe, just knocked them to 5-3, and three, and you know you're going to get a very good Vikings team that's playing at a high level. You know, Can they move to 5-4? and four? Do they accelerate right. the Mahomes timeline? You wouldn't think an NFL team would do that, but at the same time, you have to imagine those decisions are made all the time in the NFL. So uh, certainly something to watch as we go through this week.
1: Yeah, it, it, and that's one of those things to me where, like we always say here, we like to see best on best, but I think Kansas City needs to make the right choice and take that choice out of Mahomes' hands because he wants to play, he'll want to play to try and correct the record because, like you said, they're 5-3, and three. Um, Oakland's knocking on their door, they lose another one, they're in trouble relatively in the AFC, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They're starting to, to, to be in trouble, dropping to the wild card and even dropping lower than that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I just I hope they, they chose they choose to handle that situation correctly, but I don't have a lot of confidence in this NFL that they're going to do that. Fair. Um, anything else here in Green Bay before we get into the Vikings Washington recap? No. All right, Mike. Before we get into the recap, though, we're gonna have a short break and then we'll hop on the recap. Take a look at the uh, the rather milk game of Washington, and uh, break down from there. All right, we're coming on back in for Vikings Washington recap. Now, Thursday night football game, first one in U.S. Bank Stadium, I believe. Um, first home game for Mike Zimmer on Thursday night. This was an incredibly boring game.
0: Yeah fair
1: <laughs> like i don't remember the last time i saw a game this boring and it never really felt like the vikings had a, were out of hand in this game i don't know how you felt watching it but to me it never felt like we were in danger of losing this game at any point
0: no i never felt that way at all um you know i just kept wanting us to get the ball back offensively it's like you know you have that big digs turnover Um, Then you have Washington go on a couple of uh, longer drives where they picked up a few key first downs. Um, And it's like the time just kept going, but I agree with you. At no point did I feel that the Vikings were in danger of losing the football game. Um, So I don't know. I I think my opinion of the game is a little different than what I've seen across the board in in that I always felt comfortable. I thought Cousins Mm -hmm. played a great game. I thought overall the team played uh, pretty well. Um, and at the end of the day, listen, it's Thursday, right? It's a short week. Zimmer said it best. You have a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter at home. Just get out of there with a double-digit win at home. You beat a team yep. you're supposed to beat and move on. And and yep. that's, I think, the mentality. That's what they did. Let's move on. Let's get to Kansas City and Dallas. Two absolutely huge games for us this season.
1: And that's one thing that I always look at for Thursday night games because you look at the, the... – the standard week in the NFL where you're playing Sunday. So typically if you won the previous week, you get Monday off. If you don't, you're in there extra study time on the film. Tuesday you're in there, you're um, doing your rehab, you're studying the, the, the film, you're putting together the game plan. Wednesday is your first practice. Um, Thursday you have a practice. Friday you have a practice. So you have three practices in the standard week. Then you have a walkthrough typically on, on like a Saturday, and you play on Sunday, right? On a Thursday game, okay, If you win on Monday, or if you win on Sunday, you don't get Monday off now because now what Monday is, is Monday is your install day. So now instead of having an extra whole day for the coaches to put something together, they're throwing it together quickly. You have to install it quick on Monday. You get one practice on Tuesday, and you get maybe a light practice on Wednesday because you're still recovering. Your body is. So you really only get a practice and a half, and then you're back to playing on Thursday. Right. So it's an incredibly short week. In general, my rule is the more talented team wins because you just really can't install a full game plan in that short of time.
0: Right. So
1: it's really like backyard football. It's just you play best on best, and whoever's got the most talented people or gets the lucky breaks wins. And I think we saw that in this game. You saw defenses were dominating because they're more reactive and the offenses couldn't scheme properly to take advantage of it. In, like, the red zone, for instance, Vikings failed. I don't know how many times, but... um, it's it's a frustrating game, but at the same time, it's Thursday game. They're always going to be weird, and this was a weird Thursday game. But we came up with the W, like you said. You got to take that and just run with
0: it. Yeah, that's all that matters. So, I mean, they got the they got the big win.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, Cousins was super efficient, twenty three of twenty six. Which I think only one of those was, was an incomplete. Two yeah, no two throwaways. No, yeah. two throwaways and um,
0: Delvin dropped one
1: and Delvin dropped one. So, like basically twenty six of twenty six. Like, yeah. no touchdowns, no interceptions. That's a that's a solid, efficient day. Yep. You take that all day long. Agree. Um, Dalvin Cook again just dominated. Ninety eight rushing yards, seventy three receiving yards. Uh, are we surprised anymore by this kid or?
0: No, um, I love what they're doing. I love how they're getting Madison involved as well. Um, I think they're trying to keep Dalvin as fresh as possible. He he looks. Uh, still really fast. He looks faster than anyone else on the field. Um, so He looks
1: so fast. He makes fast people look not fast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he's looked great. And, uh, you know, they, they threw a lot of screens this game, you know, and and uh, he made the most of it. He had the one drop, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. But, you know, overall, Delvin looked great. I think he, he's he's a huge part of the offense. I think probably – Uh, probably the biggest piece right I mean as well as Cousins and Diggs have been playing and you've got Thielen and and we're getting the passing game really going it's still because of Dalvin right he's able to establish the run he's able to his versatility in the passing game uh, I I think he's really the driver for what's creating uh, the opportunities here on offense so uh, let's let's hope he's able to keep it going.
1: Yeah, got to keep that engine turning. Like you said, Alexander Madison had, had a, a pretty good game um, at the end there. It just seemed like every single run he'd have was yeah. called back on an elf line but, hold. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll get into elf line a little bit more here later on. Why we don't? I don't think he's he's had that bad of a a, a game. But um, Madison, like you said, having a phenomenal stretch here. Um, great complimentary back, and I just love the usage of these guys, and yeah. they're almost plug-and-play. I mean, you, you almost don't see any drop-off with Madison, um, w- which is really good to see in, in a rushing attack like this, where, like you said, you can keep Dalvin fresh um, for some of those downs where you, where you need him. Um, but, you mentioned it, Diggs. He sets he sets a franchise record for three-game stretch of yardage, beating Moss and Moss, and I right. think Moss, <laughs> Probably. I think it was, it's Diggs Moss Moss Moss. Yeah. So, I mean, you just you have to look at this and you have to marvel at what's possible with this offense right now. I think we're fifth in total offense right now in the NFL, something like that. We're um, even higher than that. Um, so, th- this is exactly what that was possible with the Kirk Cousins and with the weapons we have. This is exactly what we thought was possible two years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, Diggs is uh, a phenomenal route runner. And he is often wide open and you're watching and it's not because necessarily of of lone coverage. It's because of elite route running. So uh, that's that's certainly exciting. And, you know, he did this in a game where we didn't have Thielen and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's just great uh, assuming we can stay healthy. I think the offense has an opportunity if we can keep Cousins upright for just a little bit of time. Uh, Cousins is making the right decisions. He's making multiple reads. Um, he's doing everything right. The offense is firing on all cylinders. Uh, in reality, you know, I think the defense is maybe the area that could use a slight improvement. Maybe a little bit on the offensive line, but um, Diggs is playing lights out, and and I think it's hard to believe that what just just a month ago. Uh, the landscape w- was entirely different with, with Diggs and Cousins in in this offense.
1: Right. Um, now, you mentioned offensive line, so we got to have our weekly offensive line talks here. Um, and I just tweeted this out before the show uh, here. So the second quarter of the season, so the last four games, week five, week six, week seven, and week eight, this is where the, the offensive line is ranked overall PFF grades. PFF grades, whatever, up, down, whatever. But left to right, Reef, third out of 52 qualifying tackles. Elf line, seven out of 55 qualifying guards. This is overall grade. Bradbury, second out of 26 qualifying centers. Qualifying meaning 50% snaps. Um, Klein, 31st. And O'Neill 18th. O'Neal's actually like the eighth right tackle if you want to get down that far. But this is a massive improvement on this O-line. Yeah. Absolutely massive. The left side of this line was a side we were concerned about going into this this season, and this last quarter of football, they've been lights out. Bradbury, you see, you've seen, you've seen the jump in Bradbury. You've seen um, how well this team blocks in the run. This team is this old line is set up for success for this team. It's not the most dominant line in football, but it is a high quality line that I don't think is a liability anymore.
0: Well, I mean, I, I don't think certainly myself, and I would I would say a majority of my Vikings fans are probably not really really ready to go that far. Um, I am. I know that Reef. I haven't noticed the last four games, which uh, is a, a pretty big jump for him. So that's great to hear that he's second or third overall. Um, I love that he's a veteran player that I would was hoping would really come around. Uh, certainly, I've seen an improvement on Bradbury. Uh, you know, you just haven't seen necessarily the penalties as much. Uh, it seemed like every game there he was having a couple penalties. That's dropped off, and I think the play's improved overall as well. Uh, I still think Elfline, you know, it seemed like he had 13 holding calls last game. All right, and,
1: well, let's touch on that before we go any further on Elfline. Yeah, I think he had three holding penalties. In two a row. Of them, Christ. Two, two of them, I'm told, two of them I'm told from someone who knows a lot more about than me about offensive linemen and the schemes they run, two of them – if it's a dominant like zone blocking block, it, it can very easily be con- be conceived as holding, even though it's not.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, so
1: it... two of them weren't really holding. I mean,
0: well, they were because they were called holding.
1: They were called holding, but are, are you saying the refs are infallible?
0: <laughs> not this year.
1: So <laughs> they were called holding, but eh, it's ticky tacky at best. So I'm willing to forgive those two. I, I understand. I understand the hesitation with Elfline,
0: well, I mean, the, the one sack, he got absolutely dominated. He got absolutely taken back all the way to the quarterback. I, I just – I'm not ready. I, I I love the passion again week in and week out from you and the improvement, but I still think there's a ways to go. I'm hoping that it's a building process, and every week they continue to, to get a little bit better. And then I agree with you. By the end of the year, you're going to have a, probably a, a little bit of above-average line which is really all we need and all we were asking for. <laughs> I think we were shooting for 12, right in that range. And, and if they can get to that level of play um, where most of the game they're not letting someone blindside hit Cousins, uh, this team's going to have a great opportunity to win most football games. Well, what's really
1: smart is with the offensive scheme, what they're doing is they're masking any inability of this line to to pass block. Cause I'm not going to lie, the pass blocking grades are, are not great. They're not great. Right. The interior line right. is, is leaky. But... If you do this play-action rollout stuff, that doesn't matter. Yeah. They, they can allow them through whatever. Well, Cousins, is still going to have four seconds to throw the ball.
0: And actually, they didn't really utilize that last game. Um, you yeah, know, that's, they, didn't, that's, they didn't really have to. Yeah, they they kind of went away from that. Cousins sat back a little bit. Uh, again, made some nice throws to digs. Um, so that was a little bit interesting to me. Uh, I don't know if they were doing that to kind of – you know, give teams the impression that, hey, we're not necessarily going to do this every game, um, if they thought they could get away with it more or with Washington or, or what. But uh, we definitely saw a lot less of that this game than we had in the, in the past.
1: Yeah, I get the feeling it's kind of one of those tendency-breaker things myself. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's 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 so hard to gauge exactly what they're trying to do, especially on the short week. Yeah. Like you almost have to throw out what they were doing in this week just because it's such a weird situation. Right, right. Um, um, but, yeah, anything else still in the offense before we move on?
0: Um, No, I don't think so. I think that was about it.
1: All right. Special teams time. I'm going to have to buy a Dan Bailey jersey,
0: right? <laughs> hey, we're getting there, baby. We um, are getting there.
1: Wait, you, Wait, you figured the whole show was just about Bailey?
0: Yeah, I, I was ready to talk about it. I mean, he's just been money.
1: Well, he hasn't made completely money. He's had some some misses here, Mike.
0: Well, not not lately.
1: Yeah, he had like a miss like a week ago.
0: I don't remember that.
1: I do. Well, he's been,
0: okay. He's been pretty money.
1: Let's let's take the off topic here and let's go see my position kicker here and see. see I where believe we're
0: at. I believe he moved into uh, the top ten this week uh, in kicking in field goal accuracy now. I didn't necessarily take into account the extra point accuracy, although I believe he's like 23 or 24 on that. So overall, he's starting to creep up.
1: So grade-wise, he is ranked 11th. Okay. I I believe our bet was was top five. Five, five, yeah. But I'm
0: loving the trend here. I'm loving the trend.
1: We'll we'll see if we get there. That's that's a high bar to hit. Unless you're, um, you know... Bears kicker, then that, you can hit all the bars.
0: That is a mountain that can be climbed.
1: Oh, did you say it just because you, you were just drank a beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then that's a mountain that can be climbed. All right. Uh, other team,
0: other thing on special teams. Um, no punts. Yeah. Why? Why isn't this getting more like publicity? We we didn't punt.
1: Because <laughs> it's Thursday and the game was boring.
0: I mean, I feel like. I'm listening. Granted, some of the, the media hosts that I have to listen to when we have ten days off um, are not great. You know, I'm not saying I'm quite to the Skip Bayless, but I guess basically I am with like Colin Coward of the world.
1: Mm-hmm. But they're
0: they're talking about how the Vikings, you know, didn't do enough. They barely beat a, a a Washington team. You know, the offense couldn't get it going. And I'm like, we didn't punt. We did not <laughs> punt. No point was the offense not going. We dominated the game for the most part yeah. offensively.
1: I, I had this up. Let me bring this up again. The uh, the time of possession difference was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it, uh, again, was it, was,
0: it was fantastic.
1: So, da, 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 Jeopardy theme. I'm going to bring up the time of possession difference. Um, Minnesota had the ball for 36 minutes and 36 seconds to 23 minutes and 24 That's like, that's almost double. It's getting close to double. That that is that is an insane disparage. Um, but if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go watch the locker room speech after oh, this Oh yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Zimmer is like we didn't punt at all and Britton Colquitt just like raised his hands with the you know, the old uh like oh yeah, congratulations type deal where he's just like, No, it's thank you, thank you. It's thank you.
0: Well Zim even said he goes, sorry Britton. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that under it. He kind of says it under the breath. He's like, "We didn't punt. Sorry, Britton.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, he had a good day, uh, good day holding. So, yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> that was just a hilarious moment. Um, nothing else really to write home about on the special teams. No. Nope.
0: Uh... Well, oh yeah, we're gonna get to it in a moment. But we're Britain Colquitt's coming back into the conversation when we get to the Kansas City game.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll get there. All right. So, moving on defense. Well, we got a lot to talk about here, but we'll try to get through here quick. All right, Daniel <clears throat> Hunter's a monster. I don't think we yeah. need to elaborate much. No,
0: he's—I mean, he—he he should be getting more national recognition. Um, you know, I know you and I don't necessarily care about that, but the guy is an absolute monster. He's—he's, uh, he's for the most part, unstoppable. Uh, if you're not going to put multiple people on him. And I'm really excited to see how he finishes this season because I think as the season goes on and guys wear down, he's just going to amp up. He's young. He's strong. Uh, I am really, really excited, and I think the second half is going to be even better than the first half.
1: 100% agree. 100%. Uh, I'm just going to bring up uh, that's not the I wanted. Um, the, uh, what do you call it, the pressures. I think he's tops in pressures. Uh, second, J.J. Watt, 52. Daniel Hunter, 51 pressures. Everson Griffin, 45. We have two of the top three. Well, um, and
0: J.J., unfortunately, out for the years, so those right. two are going to move but up it, to one and two. But my,
1: my point is here, we have two of the top three right now. Yeah. Um, edge rushers, as far as pressures go. that's That's absolutely insane. This defense should absolutely dominate games here, and I'm – I can't wait to see it against some of these teams where we start digging in, we start getting hits on these guys, and we just take over the game. Yeah, forcing turnovers more so. Because it's it's entirely possible. I think we need to get more creative with our blitzes, but that's a different podcast. Um, Eric Hendricks, defensive MVP, without question. He's played lights out this year. He's played well beyond the contract we gave him. I, I don't think there's much more to say on that one.
0: No, I mean, I mean, I think you can argue, you know, if you want to throw Daniil into the conversation, um, I certainly think you could, but I, I agree. Kendricks has been lights out. He's gotten better in almost every single area. Um, almost had a ridiculous one-handed interception last game. Uh, just an exciting player. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter if we have the ball or not. It, it's so fun to watch this football team right now because guys on both sides are flying around making plays.
1: Absolutely. Um, the one guy that maybe not be making enough plays, Xavier yeah. Rhodes. Yeah. So Mike Zimmer defended him pretty heavily after this game, which he to did. me, at least in this game, maybe what we're seeing isn't entirely accurate to what he's being tasked with, um, at least in this game. I, I don't think I've seen him defend him in this manner before, and he's not afraid to call it his player. So are we wrong about Xavier Rhodes? Is, is, he, is he just playing a different assignment role and just it is what it is or what?
0: You know, I'm not really sure. You know how to uh, how to necessarily balance the Zimmer comments between what we're playing. Um, I, I certainly think Rhodes has taken a step back. I, I noticed. Uh, I was looking at the snap percentage, and I believe both Waynes and Hughes played uh, more snaps this week than Rhodes did. Interesting. Um, and you know, I, I just there were a couple plays that okay, fine. If you if Zimmer says that that's his fault that's one thing, but I mean, I remember the one in the kind of the corner of the end zone and he never turned around and almost tackled the guy. Um, and I don't necessarily understand how that's a Zimmer scheme play. Uh, you know, I don't know, I, I guess let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's hope that Rhodes figures it out. I don't know if a bit of it is that uh, you know Zimmer's not dumb, right? And, and these guys read what Everyone is writing locally, nationally, and, and, and Rhodes isn't getting a lot of love. So maybe Zim's trying to help him out a little bit, uh, build that confidence up a little bit. Um, as we know, cornerbacks can be big confidence guys when they're playing at a high level. They can just get it rolling. Uh, maybe that's something that's going on. I'm not sure, but I still think that Rhodes is taking a step back this year. I mean, they were, yeah. they were close to targeting him. I know you were having some fun on Twitter uh, with Flip and... Uh, it's not the first time this year. I thought Detroit was doing the same thing. It was almost like they were throwing at him at times, not afraid to, and that's certainly the opposite of what we've seen in the past.
1: Right, yeah, and I don't think it's it's necessarily negative to say that he's taking a step back because I think that's just reality. He's getting older. He he needs to shift maybe how he's playing some of this stuff because maybe he's not as capable of doing stuff physically as he was um, before. So I, I don't know. That transition is going to be interesting to see here. we got eight more games yet in this season to see kind of how that develops. But I think he's definitely going to turn some kind of corner this season um, Yeah, to kind of elevate his play. Because the last couple of weeks have not been impressing me. Um, we know he can play better. We've seen him play better.
0: Yep, I would agree.
1: So coming off of that, is Trey Wayne's the best corner on this defense?
0: I, again, I, I don't think for me I'm not really ready to make – A declaration one way or another between, I I think at this point, right, you got to say between the three of them, most likely. Um, Who's the third? I think it's got to be Hughes, right? Okay. Um, For me, I'm not, I think it's a game in, game out. Guys step up uh, depending on the type of receiver, and that's okay. We mentioned this last podcast that I think. They should play the hot hand, so to speak. Right, use your weapons. Right. And, and if guys, if a guy's running hot and he's he loves the matchups, keep that guy in. Um, I don't know who the best corner is per se on a game in game out basis right now on this team, um, and I think that's okay. I think that that creates competition. Uh, I think we're going to need all of them, and it's also nice to have a little bit. We've got Holton Hill coming back here, as we're going to touch on mm-hmm. in a moment. Um, I, you know, I, I think that it's good to have a lot of guys there, uh, but I, personally, I'm not ready to say that Waynes is the best one on the team right this moment.
1: But, you know, a couple more weeks of this, and maybe that, that decision changes. But, anyway, moving on. So... J Run Curse, but before we get to the J Run Curse, the Curse of 27. You heard of this?
0: No, I hadn't until the show prep notes I was reading.
1: So apparently, there's a Curse of 27, which is the distance that Walsh missed his field goal yeah. um, at historic TCF Bank Stadium. It's also the yard line where Dalvin Cook injured his uh, ACL um, in historic U.S. Bank Stadium. And Curse, number 27, was picked up on 10 27. For a DUI and some firearm storage. um I forget the specifics of. But, so, he's in trouble. Yeah. I don't know what you do with that, because you have Hill coming back, so I I don't know what you do with that. It's frustrating, because Curse is a very talented player, and you've seen him play extremely well when he's given the opportunity, and he makes this very stupid decision, and I, I don't know what you do with it.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know, I guess, let's start out if you hadn't heard, um, you know, basically a, a .10, uh, a little bit over the legal limit, and decided to, uh, it sounds like, make a turn onto a closed section of 94 with all the construction that's going on in and around downtown Minneapolis, uh, and then after, you know, was pulled out and, and arrested for the DWI, you uh, they essentially found a you know a loaded firearm in the vehicle and was actually took questions. I believe today I saw he did, a yep. statement. Um, I, I can't imagine that the Vikings are just going to outright release him. Um, I thought that that was an option coming into today, but the fact that he took questions, I don't know that that's the direction they're going to go.
1: I, I think. Just the fact that he made it to today, I don't think they're going to already lose Yeah, I would agree. Um, So, I think I understand the why. The why is because you look long-term, he's got the talent, you see the talent, he knows the system, so I think they see him as a long-term piece, but obviously they need to work on some of this. Um, Similar with Hill, you see them kind of, okay, they took the chances on these character guys, they still got a little concerns they got to work through, um, and can they kind of tune them up and get them to where they need to be character-wise going forward. So, I mean, if you extend if you extend Hill, this olive branch, of letting him sit for eight games on suspension, and you allow him to come back, i got to imagine you do the same for J-Ron Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I guess we're assuming that what? A suspension's going to come down
1: uh,
0: at some point, right, from the NFL? You would assume yeah. potentially? I, I would assume so, yeah. Would it be before this week, do you think? I think typically what they do that midweek. So, and then he could file an appeal. So potentially play granted curse hasn't played the last two weeks on defense. He's been special teams only. So, right. um, you know, this isn't a, a monumental loss. I think I, I agree with you that when he has stepped in, he's made some nice plays, but then again, you do have uh Holton Hill coming back. Granted, you know, curse has been able to fill in, in that, that safety role a little bit more than, than maybe the corner role. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that means EPS gets a little bit more of a turn here, but... Uh, Possibly. Yeah, I, I think it's just frustrating, right? You know, with the access these guys have to lifts, Ubers, um, you know, A, you shouldn't be driving. if you're If you're a professional athlete, much less anyone, and you think you're close to the limit, you shouldn't be driving. But then to do it... And turn onto a closed section of a highway, it's like, and I know it's easy to take a step back and look at this, um, you know, someone like you and I, but, man, it just seems like it's so easy to order up a ride, right? Um, You've got the resources. You've probably got people on the team that you can call that are instructed to come get you. Like Uh, like,
1: like I've said before on Twitter, hell, call me, all right? I'll make sure you get into bed. I'll tuck you in. I'll give you a kiss on the forehead and a glass of water in your nightstand.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: it's just, it's just frustrating, like like you said, the resources that these guys have and, and just the availability of some of the stuff now where yeah. you open up your phone, you can have four apps that can do it for you. It's yeah. just frustrating.
0: No, I think closing in, in closing there, it's a frustration. We'll wait and see how it shakes out. Um, I do not expect really any impact at all on the defensive side of the ball because of that. Um, if anything, it's going to give an opportunity for a couple other guys on special teams and maybe to get right. a few snaps here or there on, on defense.
1: Right. So, like we said, Hill's will be back. Um, if Curse gets suspended here this week, I think that Hill can just slide into that roster spot. Yeah. I think technically we have an exemption on him right now until tomorrow. I don't know which day.
0: Well, I thought it said Wednesday. I think it's till tomorrow. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, okay. tomorrow. Or no, so, yeah, yeah, a couple days.
1: So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. We'll see what kind of roster moves we make um, around that. So, remains to be seen, but I think it wraps it up for the defense. Um, so let's get into some chief predictions.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: This this game is going to be our chief concern this week. Yeah,
0: it is. It
1: All is. All right, so the U.N. should be back, so that should be a plus. Yeah. And apparently if this is the Colquitt Bowl. Can you explain this to me?
0: Yeah. Brothers, brother punters, uh, Britton and Dustin, uh, we'll be scoring off against one another.
1: Well, oh, will they? Are they going to be opposite on the same, the same field at the same time?
0: Well, probably not, but you never know. The NFL is pretty wild and things can happen.
1: All right, so a Colquitt Bowl. I guess that's the thing. We'll see yeah. who gets the best of the punting battle. Yeah. Even though I hope that we don't have to even make an entry in that battle. Yes, love it. That, that would be the best way to get. Well, for good reasons.
0: Uh, I want him to get one.
1: Get one, okay. Yeah. So Colquitt ball, we'll see how that shakes out. I think we got the better quit myself, but
0: yeah, yeah, I would agree. We'll
1: find out. Um. So okay, so let me ask you this, because my next point was Mahomes or not. I think the path to success is two successes there, and you say you don't agree if it's Mahomes. You think we lose if it's Mahomes, and we think you think we win if it's more.
0: I do. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, I just. You're uh, wrong, but okay. Again, I go back to. I know this team's playing at a high level, um, but I look at the troubles we've had on the road. I look at, again, Cousins, even though he's been very solid over four games, um, the ability to win in a big time matchup against them, holmes type caliber player on the road. I look at mobile quarterbacks, um, prolific offensive weapons types, uh, you know those sorts of quarterbacks that, um, especially when they can run, have given us issues. Uh, I just Mahomes is such a dynamic player that I think if he's if he plays in that game, uh, it changes it for me. I'm not saying we get blown out, but I will not pick the Vikings to win if he is starting.
1: I will counter that with saying that knowing that Mahomes is coming off of a knee injury, do you really think he's going to be that dangerous running?
0: Dis- dislocated kneecap, though. I I feel like I-, I don't know if there's going to be that many restrictions for him when he's actually back. It- I don't think that you're going to see the restrictions as you would of like, you know, trying to rush back from a you know a meniscus tear or something along those lines. I, I don't know that you're going to really see much. Uh, I I, did- I-, I
1: disagree because I I think your risk there is re-injury at that point, right?
0: The risk and, of a re running, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's a risk of a...
1: If, if you're running and you go down, you're, you're going to take hits on your knee. That's where I'm like, uh, that's too big of a risk for me. That's why if he's not 100%, I'm not starting him.
0: Agree. And that's why I think if he plays, that's what I'm saying. If he's in the game, I think that they've decided there's not a risk of re-injury. Um, and, and I just, I think you're going to see the Mahomes that you would not uh, on... So, so just
1: just to be clear, you think that our team is worse than Indianapolis Colts who stopped them and beat them?
0: I'm not. Again, you can't you can't play that game in the NFL. Oh,
1: I I totally can. I totally because we're better at doing what the Colts did.
0: Well, we'll see.
1: That's 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 the way I believe. Like like, I don't care who starts. I think we have a very solid chance at winning this game. Because we can slow down that offense, and we can put up points on on our well, offense. Like
0: I said, if he starts, I'm not saying we're going to get blown out, but I think that it changes it enough that he's an X-factor. They win the game.
1: Wow. Just no faith. No faith. No faith after a 4-0 run here in the second quarter of the season. Just wow. I,
0: I don't think that's a lack of faith. You heard it here it's first, reality. man. Just
1: no faith. No faith at all. all Can't right. believe it. Can't believe it, Mike. Your next
0: point is your receiver should feast. If they're going to feast, why don't you think they're going to win? It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a good it's going to be an absolute shootout. I'm All not right. I'm not going to disagree with that. But um you know, I I think how well can our defense play? Uh like we mentioned, I think the defense is an area where we could improve slightly. Um I would love for the corners to have a great game. I think Tyreek Hill poses a really uh big mismatch for us. Um, especially if you have a Mahomes that can buy himself time and, and run around for five six seconds at a time it's almost impossible right. to guard Tyree Kill at that point um, you know with Matt Moore a guy that you can maybe fluster and get pressure to and is maybe going to check down or throw that first read a little bit more often than a Mahomes would um, again that's where I think that the game changes quite a bit depending on that quarterback but uh, if Mahomes there, I think it opens up opportunities for Kelsey, Hill, uh, and, and I worry a little bit about that. But on our side, receivers, uh, I think with Thielen back, Digs back, the defense on the Kansas City side is not great. They're banged up. Um, so I, I think, again, Cousins should continue to thrive. This team should put up, uh, I would say, probably another 30-plus points this week.
1: I, I think that should be an easy feat to achieve. Well, not easy, but it should be a relatively within reach feat to achieve based on the City defense. Um, here's the one thing I'll say Mahomes versus Moore. I think the game plan, the defensive game plan, is drastically different between the two. I think you have to treat them drastically different. But I think we're capable of executing either game plan to uh, successfully pull out a win. I think we can limit either quarterback to under 20 points it doesn't matter to me. I, I think this is I think we win by double digit. That's how confident I am in this. I, I think we just win by double digit. I'm just I'm not impressed with what they're doing right now. They've been figured out. Their offense has been figured out largely, I think.
0: Alright. We'll see. That's, that's
1: where I'm at, man. Anything else on this before we go to predictions.
0: Um No. I think it's a game that uh especially with Green Bay winning that the Vikings need to have. Um, I think it also starts to build the confidence in Cousins, Uh, certainly going into a Dallas game that will be prime time. Um, This is a big football game, so I'm excited, and uh, let's hope that uh, they can get it done.
1: All right, we're going to do two sets of predictions here, Mike. Your prediction with Matt Moore.
0: With Matt Moore, um, I think the Vikings win 34 Twenty-one.
1: Okay. Uh, that's too much. I'm gonna say thirty-four. The twenty.
0: <clears> okay. <throat> if
1: Matt Moore is in, all right. Now, what's your prediction if Mahomes is in?
0: Mahomes is in. I think Vikings lose. Uh, thirty-seven, thirty-four.
1: In my prediction, if Mahomes is in, the Vikings win thirty-four
0: to ten. Okay. Yeah, they're been gonna get the less gin, points with Been Mahomes on the in. gin again
1: tonight, huh? Nope, straight up water.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Just I, I, think we can, I think we can take them. I think we can take them handily, and I think you're gonna see it. And All like right. I said, this this is a game we circled at the beginning of the season that was gonna be a tough game, but I think everything is lining up to where we're matching up really well against this team. You seem to be deathly afraid of Mahomes, and I just I don't I don't buy that when our offense is clicking this well and our defense is capable of stopping them. I, I just don't get it. All right. So I, I, I won't agree with you on that. I think we're going to come out here with a win. I think we're going to go beat Dallas. I think we're going go to go 14-2, and and we're going to number one seed, and we're going to win the Super Bowl. All
0: right. So that's, that's where we're at. Uh, are we doing, like, the mock Kansas City barbecue this weekend over here? I can get the smoker going all weekend, We watch the game, or what?
1: We might have to do that. Might have all to right. do that, Mikey. All right. Get some KC masterpiece barbecue sauce. Oh yeah. You know all the good stuff. Um, right, any last notes here, Mike? Before we we close out this show that is apparently an hour and ten minutes long.
0: Uh, no, this is a big game. Um, I think this this win will you'll start to you start to find a little bit more content uh you know all over uh, on the minnesota vikings just'll see the name a little bit more and the power rankings things of that sorts if you're into yep. it um you know and it, it's just kind of fun to read about them a little bit more uh kansas city's a a big market with the mahomes deal and uh this would be a pretty a pretty big win so uh, get ready for sunday i think it's going to be a fun game
1: should be a fun game regardless um yeah just just enjoy it while we can it, it's next time we're going to play these guys are in four years unless it's in um the super bowl so um enjoy it while you can it doesn't happen that often because it's an A C opponent so um that's it that's going to be it for us i'm at Namok 7 on the twitter
0: uh muskie underscore mike of
1: course we're part of the claim pocket network you're listening to us on all your favorite podcast places part of daily norseman um go check us out over there there's plenty of good content over there we recently did a uh Roundtable discussing Cousins, Zimmer, Stefanski, all that good stuff. So um, a lot of good content going on up there. So go check that out. Um, if there's nothing else, Mike, let's go.
0: Let's go.